am so happy, I'm crying. And that is because tonight we are talking about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Welcome to the Movie Ladder podcast, where we are all about cinematic connections. Each week we discuss a movie that connects the movie that we talked about in the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I am joined, as always, by... Bob Sinensky. And Brendan Fitzpatrick. Last week, we talked about My Cousin Vinny, and due to a writer connection, that writer would be Dale Launer, we are talking about the 1988 movie directed by Frank Oz, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, starring Steve Martin and Michael Caine. We will talk about that movie, and then at the end of the episode, we will decide the next movie that we are talking about in our movie ladder based on connections from you, our wonderful listeners, and us, your knowledgeable hosts. Of course, as we're talking about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels tonight, we will be spoiling some elements from that movie. So if you do want to remain unspoiled, I would suggest you pause this podcast, go and watch Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, right now it is streaming on Stars. It may not be streaming on Stars tomorrow morning. <laughs> Apparently it's coming off of that. Uh, but you should be able to find it somewhere or at least for rental. And go watch that movie. Then unpause this podcast, listen to our discussion of the movie. Or of course, if you do just want to skip ahead to the ladder and find out what our movie is for next week, we will put that timestamp of the ladder connection discussion in the podcast description. So, uh, oh, and of course, if you want to submit your feedback, your ratings, your comments, and of course, your next movie connections, you can do so on Twitter at LadderMovie, or you can email us at TheMovieLadder at gmail.com. Guys, how are you holding up in quarantine? Um, it's okay, you know. It's, um, it's starting to weigh a little bit more on me. I think I was doing better last week than this week. Um, overall, you know, still managing because, you know, everyone I know is healthy, or at least everyone that, uh, you know, strongly care about is healthy um uh you know i have two kids at home and the whole like online school system i think leaves a lot to be desired i don't think it's anybody's fault it is what it is uh it just like kind of from my perspective just like adds more things on the daily schedule that like i have to be stressed out about and like oh this class is starting at 10 30 run like get the ipad do this and like my you know the kids just like can barely pay attention so they have like actual classes like yeah they're they're trying well i think you know for from the school's perspective like they obviously want to be in a position when all of this is said and done to say you know we're not giving refunds on school or anything like that Mm -hmm. you know we did what we could you know the the kids like learned a lot and like let's just all move forward um and if they don't do this they obviously have no claim to uh, to make that case um so yeah i mean my oldest daughter's in first grade and she has like three classes of day that are like half an hour each and like five to 10 minutes of each class is just like the kids like logging on and like yelling at each other. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, So it's like not sort of interaction when you're that young is really important anyway, you know? So, I mean, that's really, you know, as long as they're doing something else recreational to, to educational afterwards, I mean, you know, no, they gotta be reading. They gotta be reading on that 30 minutes of reading every, every Yeah, no, we do, we we do that sort of stuff too. So, Um, but yeah, you know, it's challenging and like, obviously what, you know, the challenges that I'm enduring are nothing compared to the people who are sick right. or the, the people who are, you know, losing their jobs or other awful things. And, you know, what, what my friends who are doctors are going through just sounds absolutely grueling. So yeah, obviously, career. obviously, uh, you know, we wish the best to all the people out there in the healthcare absolutely. community who are, you know, on the front lines fighting this war for us. So we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I, I realize like I have, I, one of the things I'm learning is that I have no room to really complain about anything because I'm just, you know, sheltered in a, you know, one bedroom apartment in a basement in Washington, D.C. And, 
the only thing I'm missing is my friends, you know, I mean, I don't have much else around me. I'm keeping myself healthy and that's all I can really be responsible for right now. Like I'm trying to go out a little bit every day and support a local business when I can. That's good. While also social distancing um, because there are a lot of, you know, uh, local businesses like restaurants and stuff like that in DC that are struggling right now. And the only way they're making money is by people coming in and taking stuff to go. So I've been trying to do that on a daily basis, like visit one of different local business if I can and spend a little bit of money, just do my own part of what I can to help people try to get through this. Um, and then also just be there for people online, you know, when somebody's having a bad day, like, I mean, I have nothing to complain about cause I don't have kids, but I've got, I have several friends who are just pulling their hair out, you know, with kids being home all the time and all I can do is be there for them, you know, and talk, talk to them about it and let them, let them talk to me, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I'm kind of with you, Brendan, where I have very little I can complain about. Uh, the only thing I can really complain about is like every physical symptom I feel, I freak out. Like last night my throat was kind of dry and I was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm dying. Um, but I seem to be doing okay. Um, and yeah, I, it's, I'm glad I don't have kids. I think that would add a new element right now. I'm just like, I I realized last time I was like, man, my, my life was made for this like virtual social distancing. Like Mm -hmm. I had a, I had a virtual bumble date earlier tonight. I hosted virtual trivia yesterday. I have a virtual happy hour tomorrow. We're doing this podcast. I did a group watch last night. Like, so, I mean, not to be like, Oh, everything is great, but I'm like, for me, doing everything online uh, over the computer and the phone, this is like what I've been training my whole life to do. Millennial boot camp was that yeah, no, this is Yeah, this is like, oh yeah. So I just get to watch more screens and then like go run occasionally mm-hmm. to, to get outside but not be around people. Like that works for me. Yeah, I saw <laughs> someone on Twitter joking that like people are saying there's going to be a baby boom in nine months, but they're going to 100% of those babies will be firstborn children because yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw no, that too. nobody with any children is thinking of adding more. Uh, at this point. I think there's also going to be a divorce boom as well. That could be. I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked be by shocked that. that my, my friend texted me earlier and he said, PS4 arrives tomorrow. And I said, Divorce papers arrive on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's, 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 as you said, there's been benefits as well. You know, I'm like spending a lot more time with my kids than I usually get the opportunity to do. And, yeah, you know, right. obviously like that's not something that should be just be taken for granted. Like once we go back to this, you know, we're not going to have like family movie night twice a week or three times right. a week the way we did before. Um, you know, we're, we're doing our, uh, our Passover Seder for the first time. We're doing at home just the four of us without, oh, wow. you know, going to family. And that's going to be hard. But, you know, I, mean, maybe I haven't it, even thought about Passover yet. Yeah, like, but, I, you know, yeah. it could also be like an incredible memory for my kids in the future yeah. that, like you know that that year that we just did it ourselves and you know there weren't a ton of people and it wasn't crazy and you know yeah, i think we're gonna appreciate a lot of the little stuff too like when yeah. we're done when we're through this you know hopefully knock on wood we all survive and like everything you know we get back to our normal lives like we are really gonna there are gonna be small things like being able to go out to a restaurant right. or you know being able to hug our friends that we're really gonna like appreciate that we did not appreciate before this yeah, and I think, um, like, something you hit on a second ago, Zach, is one of the biggest things for me has been, like, I have a lot of friends from college and high school that I don't really talk to all that much, and now I've ta- I'm talking to them more because we're figuring out ways to hang out on, like, video calls. Yeah, like, our, our, our group like, of DC yeah. friends last week and this week are, you know, I'm hosting trivia for and us, and it's like, yeah. we haven't gotten that, you know, we only get to hang out when we're all in the same city, and now it's like, oh, yeah, like, here's an now we're just yeah. out virtually. Yeah, so it's, and, it's maybe actually, some of, and maybe like, some of that stuff will stick after this. Which, yeah, exactly. Which would be That's nice whole, to realize, yeah. wait, we don't need a quarantine mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, stay in touch with people who don't live near us. Right, so. that was going to be my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad, you know, all of us are healthy. We're uh, still able to 
do this podcast. I think it's, you know, something I look forward to each week and, um, you know, it's, yeah, I think, one of the benefits, uh, I think the thing I've, I've learned from this is at least for me, what really works is like staying in the moment. Mm. I can get on Twitter and see like where we're trending and where things might happen and what's going to happen in a few months. And, uh, you know, it's, it, for me, it's, it's good to know what might happen, but the more I can stay like right now, it is March 31st and it is nothing past March 31st. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Um, I, I only allow myself to look at the news in the morning just to like make sure I didn't miss anything major and to sort of check in on you probably how don't. things are progressing. But you know, I mean, that's, I, I only do it in the morning before work and I try to avoid it the rest of the day as best I can. Uh, so here's a, here's a more lighthearted thing about, yeah. about this. Do you guys, let's take a poll. So we're all Game of Thrones fans. I've never read the books. Uh, what do you guys think? Is George R. R. Martin going to finish these books while he's quarantined? Nope. The books, no. So my, my no. position has always been that <laughs> he will... realm are you living yeah. in? <laughs> my, uh, my prediction has always been that he will finish The Winds of Winter, but not mm-hmm. A Dream of Spring. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this will move the needle on that. I mean, I, yeah. I think he will eventually get that the, the book number six done and out, and he will probably die before he gets too far <laughs> into, into book seven. Because <laughs> he's I could a 70-year-old see... uh, obese man. So, you know. Yeah. I so. could even see the the winter winner getting released posthumously and then nothing for during the spring you know, just like yes. but not 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 that i wish ill upon george r, r. martin but no i wish nothing I, but good things for george r, r. martin yeah, he created I, one of I, the I, the best things i've ever experienced pop culture yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, yeah i uh i feel like if he, if we do not get the game of thrones books at the end of quarantine we are never getting those books no. this is not happening no. yeah one so speaking of books one thing i did start doing um two days ago is I started reading Harry Potter for the first oh, time. Nice. So we'll I downloaded the second book to my Kindle because it was free on Amazon and I've only read the first book and I have not watched any of the movies and I have not touched my Kindle. Yeah. Are you so reading I, it uh, along with your kids? So or? about a year ago, I started reading it along with my older daughter when she was in kindergarten awesome. and we read like a hundred pages and I, I realized that she was probably still a little too young at that point. Mm-hmm. And she, like, she just like wasn't paying attention and like was losing interest. So we stopped and like, a week ago, I was like, hey, let's start doing it again. This is a perfect opportunity. I, like, we've read, like, we read Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Like, mm-hmm. she's, I think, you know, much more able to do it now. And for whatever reason, she's not interested. So I'm just like, you know what? Screw you. I'm doing it on my own. If you ever Fair decide enough. you want to, you know, yeah. let me know. But in the meantime, I'm going to go <laughs> forward. I have a feeling once she sees that, like, I'm actually going forward with it, that she's going to, like, get FOMO and, and want to do it. So yeah. I, I think uh, once your daughter is older and once our friend Max's daughter is older, they need to have, like, a pop culture trivia off because those are going to be, like, the two most well-versed pop culture daughters <laughs> in their generation. <laughs> Could be. We'll see. We'll see. We're working Thank on it. Yeah, so. She's uh, she's very – she's reading. I've got her, like, a bunch of, like, uh, little Marvel books of, like, about, like, all the different characters, and nice. she loves it. So she keeps asking for more so i'm excited Who's your about favorite? that uh she loves spider-man she loves captain america you know the classics she's not you yeah, know. she's probably old enough you could watch spider-verse uh we tried that she wasn't into it mm-hmm. yeah, spider-verse um, is so good although in a in a, a very uh this is like a, a classic like little kid moment like she told me she she was reading a story that had miles morales and peter parker in it mm-hmm. and she told me she's like daddy I don't like the black Spider-Man as much. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, I prefer the red Spider-Man. And I was like, oh. That's a good kid. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm the racist. Oh, the innocence, yeah. the innocence of youth. Crisis averted. Good yeah, job, good. Mom. That's good. That's good. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, uh, we always like to start this podcast off with the best thing that we all watched in the last week. So everybody get up your letterbox activity. Yeah. 
Let's see what you watched in the last week. Uh, Brendan, why don't you start? Yes. Yeah, so I was sitting at home, you know, as we all are. And I was like, I need to check out a few films that I haven't watched yet as I've been doing. Uh, Film Spotting, another podcast that I know, at least Zach and I listen to, uh, has been doing this thing called uh, Movies of 1984. And they did a podcast where they talked about Purple Rain, um, Spinal Tap, and Stop Making Sense all in the same podcast. And I had never seen Stop Making Sense, which is the... uh, 1984 Jonathan Demme uh, concert concert documentary about the Talking Heads, and I basically just cracked a beer, turned this movie on, laid down on the couch, and just let the music like completely overtake me. It is so good. I'm sorry, I don't mean to it's step on your toes, so but I, it's great. It just like you sit there and you're just like transported. It's it's amazing. Like you. You just feel every beat of the, mo- the movie, every move uh, David Byrne is making, every stroke of the drums and the guitars. It's, it's truly like, I, I haven't been that transformed by a music documentary since I watched the um, country music doc that came out last year. I take issue also with this really though. moved me, which I think is fantastic, but... Stop Making Sense is the best thing I watched over the weekend. But it's not a music documentary. It's a concert. Well, it's a con- that's what I said. I called it a concert doc. But you said documentary. It's not a documentary. It it's, not a docu- documentary. it's not a document. I mean, it's just a. It's yes. just like footage yeah. of a co- of concerts. Mm. That's to Should I read this great. to you? A it concert is- film documenting the talking heads. At it's the not a documentary. That's that not a means it's a documentary. Don't. Uh, have you me. seen uh, this movie? Have you seen? But Star I love Stop Making Sense. It was amazing. It's, so it's great. Do you like the Talking Heads at all? I know you're pro. Uh, I like a couple of their songs. I'm not like a huge fan of theirs, but it's possible that I would if I like. It's cool. It's, know, it's like all their music is very funky. So they basically mm-hmm. in this movie they took like I think like ten concerts and like stitched them together to make yeah. one movie. But it's That's, just like it's not a document. There's no like story that they're telling. They're just showing a, a concert. They're telling a story through music, Zach. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just <laughs> I love Stop Making Sense. I I watched it last year. Yeah. I like and I kind of want to watch it like when we get yeah, off this call. And uh, but it's just like I when you said it, you were watching this documentary the other night. I was like, it's not a documentary. And Jonathan Demme, of course, is a really you know well regarded, well known uh, director. He's he's really good at what he does. He does a great job filming it. So. Yeah. So I was yeah. going to watch Purple Rain this week because of that same film swatting podcast, but I didn't get around to it. Um, so you don't need to watch Purple Rain. I, well, I, I, I I've never seen. You're it. a completionist. I, I like I like Prince songs i've heard mm-hmm. my friend jesse he's a big prince fan i said should i watch purple rain and he said it's pretty cheesy but he's like if you like prince you'll probably like it you, you get like some it. good morris day in the time oh yeah that's yeah uh ah what was the best thing you watched this week um best thing uh it's hard to say best thing <laughs> i don't i saw a few movies this week um none of them were great um <laughs> Was Let's it Tiger go King? with. Did you watch Tiger King? I'm I'm two episodes of the Tiger King. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, I gotta I gotta finish it. But instead, I'm on this podcast. Uh, the two episodes are the best part. It, yeah. It uh, I feel like I really liked the first two episodes, and then the final four. I was like, well, this is stupid. Yeah. Oh really? Interesting. Because I was hoping that it would like kind of build yeah. from here. I just I don't know. I I liked it, but I just didn't like. Uh... So you're not, you're not on board with uh, Twitter hysteria over it. <laughs> And so I watched it all the way through because I was like, all right, there must be a reason why people like this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stop calling I, it a movie. Yeah, or a TV show, yeah, whatever, documentary. 
but it's it just like it's i don't know i think if i watched it when it was like not coronavirus i would have liked it but it's just like such a it's such a like right now it's i'm so stressed out i just didn't need that adding to my stress right. level. Yeah, I mean, what's good about it so far is it just, it feels like a ridiculous mockumentary. Um, yeah, just, it's, it's, real, it's real people. Yeah. Like everyone in this movie, in this show, whatever you want to call it, is like off their rocker. It's, a, it's like this crazy underworld that you never would have known existed. So I think the hard part for me with that movie is I think when I was watching, it was just like, none of these people are practicing social distancing right now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that's the case in all movies. Yeah. Um, so I'll, the, the movie I'll mention, just because I think we talked about it last week on the podcast, and which prompted me mm. to, uh, to go see it, was Alien 3. Um, oh, I had nice. se- I'd seen all the Alien movies, or at least now the first three in, in the last year. Um, and the number three, I, I think the consensus is what I agree with, that it's a, it's a major step down from the first two. The mm. first two are both excellent. Uh, this one is just like, it's, you know, if the other two movies hadn't existed, maybe it would be interesting. There's a couple of moments here or there where like it adds like new things. Uh, but for the most part, it's just like totally derivative of the first two. Doesn't Nothing really new or interesting happens. Um, it's just, you know, whatever. I mean, if you like those alien movies, like you might like enjoy it enough. It's like not horrible where it's not worth watching. It's just kind of unnecessary and redundant. Is it the worst David Fincher movie that you've seen? Um, I think... I think it probably is. I mean, I said last week that I'm also not a fan of Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button, yeah. Um, but, you know, they're similar. I, you know, Benjamin Button is definitely more ambitious than this was. Um, I, know, I know some people, like, love Alien 3. Like, it's, it's very divisive. So, like, there's people that are, like, it has, like, a cult following to it as well. But it just wasn't my thing. So I probably next week will be talking about Alien 3 uh, right. because I am up to, uh, on my personal movie ladder, I watched Solaris this week. Um, and then I'm gonna I'm going from that to Alien One, and I'm planning to watch one through three. So hopefully by next week yeah. I'll have watched Alien Three, and I can also weigh in on my opinion of that one. Yeah, and I know I said I was gonna wa- last week. I said I was gonna watch Dark Water for this week, and I just didn't get to it because I kept waiting for it to be free instead of five ninety nine. And I know it's gonna be free soon. April. So 1st. I just can't bring myself. Yeah, I just can't bring myself to pay five ninety nine for it at this point. Yeah, every every I feel like April first there's gonna be a ton of stuff for yeah. streaming all the time. I feel like it's gonna be on Prime in like a week. So yeah. uh it's it's funny because the movie we're about to talk about, uh Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is on stars on Amazon mm. streaming. And when I loaded it, I si- I subscribed to Stars today so that I could watch it and it said uh coming off of stars streaming on March thirty first. So I was like, Well, it's a good oh, thing we're recording this podcast today, because otherwise we would have completely missed it. Um So my best thing that I watched also happens to be my favorite movie. And uh, last night, me and some of the fellow fans of the 32 fans slash There Will Be Pod universe did uh, my first ever virtual live watch. And we watched Back to the Future. And we were on a WhatsApp chat watching Back to the Future. Uh, Apparently there were, uh, I think somebody logged on that had not been watching live with us. And they said there were, I think, 336 messages (laughs) <laughs> we were even at the end of the me- at the end of the movie yet, and it was right. three of us going back and forth That's watching fine. the movie. Um, so, Back to the Future, Back to the Future Two was my favorite movie for a long time. Now it is now one is I, I prefer over two just slightly. But yeah, I think one's a, two has like more like fun shtick in it. Two but, is yeah. fun when you're a kid. Yeah, and one is a one is a better movie. Yeah, two was great when you're a kid. And you're like, oh, 2015 is going to be so awesome. Like, it's be hoverboards and yeah. like sports almanacs and yeah. uh, 3D jaws. But but one is just like so well well done. Uh, and and that's the thing. The big thing we were talking about in this group chat that we were on is just like how much stuff is set up in the first 40 minutes of that movie, and mm-hmm. it all pays off by the end of the movie. Everything. Yeah, I mean. 
everything comes back around. Yeah, I, I love all three of those movies. And actually, three is one of the first movies I ever saw in the theater. And I no, really two was the first movie so, I yeah. saw in the theater, and I'm like five years younger than you. Yeah. Well, crazy. Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, and Back to the Future is just like the perfect movie in terms of like it's totally aware of what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. It's just like totally in on all the just like silliness that it does and like kind of like hand waves the stuff that like doesn't matter because like it knows it's not like Mm -hmm. a serious sci-fi time travel movie. Right. It's like, you know, it's just a fun time. Um, But like it still has in like so many ways become like the paradigm for all time travel movies that would follow, which is just an incredible accomplishment for a movie. That's just like a, basically a comedy for the most part. Yeah. And it, um, I mean, it definitely would not be PG if it came out now. Uh, there's a lot of uh, racy stuff in there, racist stuff in there, uh, some sexual stuff, some, some swearing, but uh, we had a lot of fun, all of us watching that movie. Um, and, you know, I, I really liked uh, I really liked doing the virtual watch. I'd never done a virtual watch before, and I'm hoping that uh, that the 32 fans group can can do one again. And and if you would be interested in doing a virtual watch, we're we're trying to pick movies that are you know everybody has seen before since we're basically yeah. on our phones the whole time, anyways. So you know, I I suggested maybe the Princess Bride would be a good candidate for that. Although apparently Av is uh, feels about the Princess Bride the same way he feels about ties which I learned this week. Av is also anti-Thai. Learned that on the Curb podcast. Yeah, very anti-Thai. Yeah, thai food is great. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, necktie, necktie. Oh, okay. Got yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-Thai people. Like, if you're yeah. from oh. Thailand, just don't, don't bother being oh, friends with yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Just like you're anti-black Spider-Man. Yeah. Right, exactly. I'm not. My daughter is. His I daughter, like them both. Yeah. She doesn't like the Thai Spider-Man either. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Virtual Watch is really fun to do right now, though. It was, you know, we just basically synced up and we did like three, two, one, go, and everybody hit play. And then we were nice. on, uh, we used WhatsApp and um, just That's chatted cool. along. So, this might actually make me get WhatsApp then. You can, so with WhatsApp, you can get a desktop app for it. So, you don't oh, have to nice. get it on your phone. And uh, the desktop app is very easy to use. I would recommend it. I think it's better than using it on your phone. Yeah, much cool. better because you type on your keyboard. Yeah. And you can like copy and paste images and screenshots. It's way better. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. At some point, we're gonna do another WhatsApp chat for a movie. Maybe the movie that wins the uh, there will be pod sports movie bracket, um, depending on what that movie is. If it's like Sandlot or something, might be a yeah. good one to rewatch and chat alongside. All right, we'll find out. Yeah. All right. So with that, I think this is the longest preamble we have had uh, for a podcast. And I know I was like, oh, you know, this is gonna be a short podcast tonight. <laughs> we're already like. Forty minutes in, uh, something like that. But let's move on to our feature discussion. Of course, tonight's feature discussion is about dirty rotten scoundrels. So last week we watched My Cousin Vinny, and uh, My Cousin Vinny was written by the same writer who wrote Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. He also produced the movie. His name is uh, I'm just pulling it up. Again. Dale Launer. Dale Launer. Yes, uh, Farm Guy sixty eight. Dale Launer. He wrote mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> That joke will be funny to like four people on this podcast. Uh, this movie was suggested by Jeremiah Panhorst, one of our uh, our loyal listeners. Unfortunately, we invited Jeremiah to be a guest on tonight's podcast. He could not join us, but he did send in a short audio clip. So let's hear what Jeremiah had to say about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Hello, everyone at the Movie Ladder Podcast. It's Jeremiah Panhorst here. Look, Zach was kind enough to offer for me to come on the podcast to discuss my love for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. But unfortunately, I work nights. 
So that makes it pretty impossible for me to come on the podcast. But he suggested that maybe I should send in a short little feedback to talk about why I love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Well, I have enjoyed this movie since I was a child. Probably the biggest appeal to the movie right off the bat was its main star, Steve Martin. I've been in love with this man my entire life. And I think you guys would agree with me. The 1980s was during his prime, and this is a great example of how good his work was during this time frame. Now, his co-star, Michael Caine, was a giant surprise for me. You know, someone who's not normally in this kind of role, but he does such a great job at it. And the chemistry between the two of them is so great. And you have to like the rest of the cast as well. It's not every day you get to see Palpatine as a butler, right? I also absolutely love this script. I think it's phenomenal. I love that overall theme that look between men and women. And of course, the best part about it is when you have these two very sexist men be outwitted by a woman. You know, the whole time these two goofballs think that she is their mark when the whole time she has them as her mark. So awesome. I can't wait to see if you guys saw that coming. Another big highlight for me was the direction from Frank Oz. That's right, the man who's given us the voices of so many great characters shows off his talent behind the camera, and I think he does a really good job in this one. Another good example of his work behind the camera would probably be What About Bob with Bill Murray, which is another one of my favorite comedies. Then you have this beautiful location in France, which by the way is a real town that's just a little bit north of Nice, France. So phenomenal. I think it adds another element to the movie. I also feel like it helps keep the movie more relevant and not destroy the timeliness of it. I know this sounds weird to say, but anytime a movie is shot in the old world, I am able to forget about the fact of what time frame the movie is supposed to be in and uh, the lack of you know technologies and things like that. I don't know what it is about Europe, but that's how I, I look at things whenever I watch a movie that's shot in Europe. So I don't know if that just makes me a silly American. Who knows? But then you got this cute little whimsical score over top of it that helps set the rest of the narrative. But in the end, I really think what makes me come back to this movie over and over again is some of the great moments between Steve Martin and Michael Caine. Obviously, all the stuff during the Rupert scenes was so funny. Not mutter. So you got that scene. And then, of course, when Steve Martin is in the wheelchair and Michael Caine breaks out that, that stick and beats the hell out of his legs. Oh, my gosh. I, just, I laugh my ass off every time I see that scene. And that, to me, was what makes a great comedy. Something that makes you continue to laugh over and over again, no matter how many times you watch the movie. So, with those aspects all in play, I think you have a pretty close to a masterpiece as possible. Obviously, I love this film. I gave it four and a half stars. I think the only downside might be the length of the film. To me, an hour and 50 minutes is always a little too long for a comedy. I prefer ones around 130 to 140, 45, perhaps at the top. But I feel like it still pays pretty well and a few small parts where it does drag a little bit. But overall, I think it does pretty well. So there you go, you guys. That's my feelings about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And uh, hopefully you guys liked it. 
And hopefully you enjoyed my quick thoughts here. Thank you guys for letting me rant for a little bit here on your podcast. I enjoy it so much. Keep up the great work and I hope everyone out there stays safe during this whole coronavirus stuff. Yeah, so that was great. I don't, I don't know what else we have to say. I mean, Jeremiah, yeah, I, I Jeremiah think the pretty pod- much summed it up right there. I was going to say, yeah, uh, so we can move on to our <laughs> latter discussion. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so let's talk about Dirty Rotten Scoundrel. <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. So, of course, that is the 1988 movie. It is directed by Yoda himself, Frank Oz, and stars Steve Martin. Yeah, stars Steve Martin, stars Michael Caine, also stars Ian McDermott. Uh, you know, I I guess I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I had never seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I believe Av also had never seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Correct. Uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. I had a lot. I, I thought it was like a very fun it was not at all what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be about two guys who were friends the whole time. I didn't realize they were going to be like trying to double cross each other. Um, and I think just in terms of like this podcast, there are probably, um, there are probably a million connections that we can make from this movie uh, between cast and themes in this movie, location, time. Uh, I thought it was, there are, there are lots of, lots of really fun connections. I think when we do get to our latter discussion about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, who we'll be able to talk about. Brendan, uh, um, you were the you were the one who had seen this movie before. Do you want to talk a little bit about Dirty Rounds Condos? What did you think? Yeah, so I grew up, uh, you know, as I said before, as a uh, avid HBO and movie of the week guy. Um, things that would come on TV, that would come on HBO, I would watch all the time. This was one of those movies that popped up in the late '80s on um, HBO or TBS or. Uh, Comedy Central as one of those shows that would always, or one of those movies that would always play over and over. And I fell in love with this movie. This is one of the movies that my brother and I always quote the um, dinner scene back and forth. The, oh, you know, may, may I go to the bathroom? Yeah. Yes, of course. Thank you. It's <laughs> just something that like has been a part of our lives for, you know, 30 years now. Um, or almost 30 years, um, as, a, as a phrase we say back and forth with each other. Um, and we instantly know what movie it's from. I, I absolutely love this movie. I, I'm a huge Steve Martin fan. Um, grew up on Steve Martin movies. Grew up on his comedy albums. My mom had all the albums, and I would play them on the record player all the I was going to say, were they records? Um, yeah, they were records, actually. We had a giant record, like, hi-fi system with, and I would sit on the back of the couch and play the records over and over and over again on the record player behind it. And um, yeah, so I, I loved this movie. Um, I had forgotten um, a little bit about this movie. Like I, I wasn't 100% sure going in um, what the ending of the movie was. And then I figured it out halfway through and remembered, oh yeah, this is that movie that first broke the trope in my brain and in the movie era of hey guess what the the woman is actually the main character and she's there to outsmart the men boom spoiler alert they got pastured uh yes yeah, so, so i you know we definitely got to talk about the ending but uh it's, let's get it's your, amazing uh, let's get your general your general feedback on yes i'm definitely i'm definitely not as high on this as either of you um i like you both i'm a i'm a big steve martin fan big michael kane fan so like very, very happy to see both of them. I thought they had very good chemistry together. Um, I would say I really enjoyed like the first half hour or so when it was, I think, a little bit more like slapsticky. And just like I like kind of embraced that vibe. And I felt like there was a little bit of a tonal shift where the humor 
for me just became a little bit drier and like wasn't really as much my thing um and then like by the time they like start making the bet about uh the woman and who's gonna steal the fifty thousand dollars from her i i kind of really lost interest i thought i thought like really yeah. For me, that was like when I was finally like, okay, this is the plot of the movie. Because right, talk- it kind of started I, to give the biggest movie, problem. It, is yeah. that's what it gives the like, movie stakes. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's so long to get to yeah. what the plot of the movie is. That's yeah. true. I guess I just like enjoyed them like hanging out together more hmm. than that. And I guess the other thing, just like that, really didn't work for me is that when you're doing like a like a heist movie or a con movie or that sort of thing, like. I, I want like the cons to be like really well thought out and good mm-hmm. and like the, t- the type of thing that like I could see myself falling for. And like, I just like never bought that Michael Caine's character could have achieved what he did in terms of like basically grifting an entire population for all his money. He's like the richest person in town because he just keeps ripping people off. Um, I just like, I didn't see any of like the showing him like on his game and like doing like really clever stuff that I'm like, Oh wow, that's so smart. It just, I don't think think it really earned that. I think I I actually agree with, with that. I think my biggest uh, negative on this movie is that like, and and I was trying to like take notes on my phone and watch this movie and pay attention and everything. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I don't know how much the scams really hold up to any kind of scrutiny. That um, would be my one critique too, is yeah. that it's sort of, you sort of have to forgive the messiness of how bumbling the scams are because it's really played for laughs because you're supposed to think, okay, these guys are really inept and bad at their jobs, but obviously they always get away with it. So how bad can they be? And then in the end, it's, they actually aren't that good and they do get their comeuppance because they really are morons. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, Brendan, you're the one, you're the only one who this was a rewatch for. Mm. Does, uh, we don't even know if that's her actual name. Does Janet, does her plan make sense? Like as you were watching and I know it took you a little while to remember Janet was grifting them the whole time. Yeah. But like, like, I mean, obviously she was in on it like from the beginning where she like falls over and makes a bunch of noise. Like, that was intentional to draw their attention. This is bad Janet, right? Right, bad yes, Janet. Yes, yes exactly. bad Janet. Definitely um, bad Janet. Yeah. The, only, the only thing that I would say is that it feels like there's a lot that you, ha- you as the audience have to assume that she knows that the film doesn't tell you she knows in order for her to be in on it and know who they are to even make any sense. Because she would have to know ahead of time that they were going to be at that hotel at that exact moment when she shows up as the soap queen. And we never really get that sort of um, reveal or her POV on it. And I think that's something that the movie suffers for is we never really get her point of view, even in the end when it turns out she's the true grifter. Right. Like I was waiting um, for the, I, um, I was waiting, like I've, I know you're not a fan of the genius, I'm assuming that you're not a fan of the genius, yeah, right? I've never seen it. Yeah, so the I'm genius not, is- I'm so, not not a fan, but yeah. uh, The genius <laughs> is great. This is a South Korean uh, like game show reality show. A bunch of like hardcore Survivor fans love it. And what happens is like, there are these like swerves and twists that happen at the end of the genius. And then when they, they play this song, Extreme Ways by Moby. And when that song comes on, then they show a flashback of like what happened that you didn't see the characters on the genius doing that is like how we got to this point. And the whole time I was expecting there was going to be some turn at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I was waiting for them to then like do a flashback and show us like all the stuff we didn't see in the movie that. Right. That's, that's what, and I think a modern remake of this movie would do that. Definitely. Because it needs the audience. It, the, the, the screenplay needs to give her more agency 
along the way. And if it's not going to do that, then it needs to explain that lack of agency at the end. And it tries to do that a little bit with having her come back and turn a new con around on them. But it also, but that still doesn't back justify how she could possibly have gotten to the point she's at throughout the entire con that happened previously. So I, I agree with you. I think a modern retelling of this probably would do that. Um, I, and maybe it does. I haven't seen the remake of this that came out a few years ago. Wait, with, they remade um, this movie? Yeah, they it's did. The it was called The Hustle. With and, uh, and this, this is a remake as well. Yeah, it is a remake. Yeah. Wait, of, The Hustle uh, is a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? It yeah. is. With and uh, Anne, is that, is Anne Hathaway that? and Rebel Wilson. Yeah, Rebel Wilson and Hathaway. Oh, Anne I, Hathaway I is in the, hustle, the uh, but... Michael Caine role. Um, this oh. was originally a movie that came out in 1964 starring Marlon Brando and David Niven uh, called Bedtime Story. Interesting. I had yeah, I had no idea. I guess I didn't even really do that research, but I had no idea that there was uh, any remakes. Because I was thinking, I'm like, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels would be like prime for a remake, you would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this actually also makes sense because this is like 1964 is sort of the end of the studio comedy, throw a bunch of stars in a movie and have them do whimsical things era. So this is sort of the tail end of that era. So I mean, this fits in with the 1950s, early 60s era of uh, prestige comedies that took place in exotic locations. The location was great, too. I yeah, think the location's uh, fantastic. We get to go all, all around Europe. Do, do they ever get to the United States, or is it just... They don't. Okay. Uh, or wait, just... no, no. They're in Palm Springs at one point, right? Okay, yeah. This, oh, I, I thought they were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that. Um, yeah, when he's on the beach, that's... Uh, I think that's Palm Springs. Or maybe just the grift is from Palm Springs. Maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm um, and yeah, I think that I think I mean who knows? Maybe they filmed it in LA. Maybe could they? But yeah, the um yeah, that's one of the things. Um, that I think really I, I, on one of the things the I like about this movie a lot is like the the highs. Yeah, I think the highs in this movie are very high. Like we get yeah. some uh, mostly when it's like Steve Martin doing physical comedy. Absolutely, um, we get those highs are really really good. I think that you know where where then we dip and we have about 20 minutes where we're like setting up the next scam or mm. we're setting up like wherever the plot is going that's where i i kind of like you know looked at my phone or right. uh wasn't paying attention as much to this movie um and, and overall i thought it like weaved a compelling narrative but i do think like one of the things jeremiah panhorst mentioned which i do think like jeremiah's review of this was very fair i think he he brought up a lot of very good points about this movie uh, mm -hmm. but he talks about the length and i do think like if they could have trimmed a, a solid 15 minutes off yeah. of this movie uh it would have been a little better yeah i think one of the things that actually is indicative about the sort of weird pace of the movie is that i didn't remember exactly when things happened where in this movie and i thought all of the root stuff was later in the movie I didn't realize it was within the first 20 minutes. And when that happened, I was like, wait a second. I thought that was part, I thought all of that was part of the larger con because I had completely forgotten about the whole doctor subplot where he's pretending to be in the wheelchair and they right, keep going to all these different places to try to get him to walk out of the, to be encouraged to get up out of the wheelchair. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought this was all the root rock. That wasn't right. the first 20 minutes of this movie. That was like probably like 45, 50 minutes into the movie. Well, but I thought it was different, is what I'm saying. No, I thought the Ruprecht stuff was later, is what I'm saying. Right, the Ruprecht stuff was like 45, 50. Yeah, 50 that's like right in the middle of the movie. Yeah, but I, th like, I thought that was yeah. part of the larger plot, is what I mean. 
and it's not. Like, right. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. No, so no, no, no. It's just, that's so that's like, like a warm like up. The, yeah, that's like the end of the like after the Pretty Woman montage, right. basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do love like the idea of like he's got an eye patch and a trident, really and it, it's just like there's like so many random things in that scene that are uh, yeah. he's banging pots and pans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if that necessarily holds up to like modern like PC culture. Uh, the oh, you think of the mentally? <laughs> Ill. Yeah, not not so much, but it's still uh, really it was still funny. Really funny. Yeah, I was I was cringing a lot during that yeah. scene. I was like, oh my god, there there's no way you could do this now. No. Yeah. No. You <laughs> I, I am curious. I, I wonder if anybody recommended it, but I'm, I'm or uh, has it in their connections. But I would be curious to see how much they had to change up of this movie in the Rebel Wilson and Hathaway version. Um, we'll see. We'll see if we yeah. get there. I, um, I had no idea about that. That that might uh, that might influence things. Yeah. Uh, um, so did would, you guys... it, would it influence you to know that it has like a 16% rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I mean, but you know, like, <laughs> you know, that we could do the whole why didn't this movie work thing. Right, right, right. Okay, fair. Just, you know, uh, I'm, just, I'm just asking what would influence uh, you. Um, <laughs> did, um, did you think, that, so there was one scene, I wrote this down, and I think it was when they're driving in Palm Springs. I wrote down, some of this music is kind of Kirby. Did you feel like there was some Kirby Enthusiasm music as a Kirby Enthusiasm podcast? That I did not catch that. Um, not saying it didn't, you know, not saying you're wrong, but that didn't occur to me. Yeah, I, I noted that in my, in my notes. Uh, I think, like, I, I actually wrote down a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of things to, like, not really have to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. But I think uh, the other, you know, the other, the other big scene, and Jeremiah also talked about this, is, like, once we get Steve Martin's character, Freddie, in the wheelchair, I think, mm -hmm. like, you know things get cranked up and we get the the scene at the roulette table and yeah. then um of course the scene where lawrence is slapping uh is slapping freddie with the yeah. i don't it, know if it's a whip or a, a it's a power. reed it's like a, a reed. it's a reed yeah it reed yeah yeah uh <laughs> dr shif hassan i don't i don't know how to pronounce his name i i didn't write down <laughs> yeah um yeah, I, I love like I, I love like silly Steve Martin, and that's when re really yeah. probably the uh, the scene before um, where uh, what is the character's name when he's mentally ill? What do they call him? Ruprecht. R Ruprecht. Yes. Yeah. Rupert. What is it? Is it Rupert? Uh, I thought Ruprecht. it was Ruprecht. Ruprecht. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think at that point, then we really get like Steve Martin being like the steve martin that i know um and i especially like love when he's he's like running the wheelchair down the stairs and he's like oh i'm falling down the stairs <laughs> <laughs> and like ends up on the beach like we just get right. like i i uh you know again jeremiah jeremiah nailed this the the chemistry between steve martin and michael kane in this movie oh it's fantastic i mean yeah, the moment perfect. the moment she opened that um Glenn Headley opens the door and it reveals Michael Caine and Steve Martin just stares at him and they're like, just like Michael Caine starts grinning in the hotel room. It's like amazing. It's, yeah. it's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so um, as the other person who watched this movie the first time, what were you, like, I was expecting a twist at the end of this movie. Mm. I, was, I was fully expecting this was all going to be some sort of plot that we hadn't seen. Did you have any expectations for what the end of this movie was going to be, or were you just kind of letting it go? Um, yeah, I wasn't really, like, thinking that carefully about it. I mean, like, I thought, you know, obviously they want you to think that how, somehow Steve Martin is the jackal, so I knew that wouldn't be right. the case. So I didn't, um, I didn't put that together. I, I just assumed Steve Martin was the jackal. Yeah, so I mean, like, I figured, like, if they're making it so obvious there's this other guy, the jackal, and we have this other guy, Steve Martin, I'm like, okay, so that's not going to be it. Like, because other, like, we were, we spent enough time with Steve Martin that I, I think it would have become clear if he was. And he's also just like, 
shown to be like not that good compared to this guy. So like he shouldn't be on his radar compared to Michael Kane, who is leaps and bounds better than him at at this game. Um, I, I, I certainly won't say that I expected it to be her. Like that didn't even occur to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know whether or not it would eventually pay off. Um, so I just, you know, I just, I wasn't thinking that intently about it. I wasn't even sure that it was going to be that kind of movie where everything was going to pay off. So I was kind of just, you know, experiencing it. I, I didn't think that deeply about it. I really thought that the movie was going to end when she was on the plane. Like I knew she had stolen his money at the end of the movie. Um, but I assumed it was going to like, we were going to watch the plane fly away and it was just like, Oh my God, she got away with all of her money. And that's the end of it. Um, and then we get that whole last scene where Janet shows back up with all of the people on the cruise ship, which uh, maybe don't go on a cruise ship right now. Uh, she came back and then we get the three of them. Like they're all going to scam this group of tourists together. Um, and, and I actually immediately texted Brendan after I finished this movie. And I just said like, what a satisfying ending. Yeah, it's a very satisfying like, ending. Just the perfect, yeah. I really felt like it was like the perfect the ending. The doctor was his mother. Yeah, I mean, it's it also like, like makes sense just, yeah. because <laughs> like if you're like a, a smart person who's yeah. good at conning people to get money, like the thing you shouldn't do is make enemies with the other people that are Absolutely. great at conning that people. Like you should yeah. like, wor- you should work together with them. Like that's Absolutely, much more efficient yeah. than like $50,000 is like not that much money. If you're, yeah, no, you put your right. three heads together and you'll be able to pull off some amazing scams. Plus like it's easier to pull off a scam with more people involved probably because like you could like play different characters and like yep. pull stuff off. Um, and like, you definitely don't want somebody else who's like smart and talented and good at scams like have like have like you know a vendetta against you and trying to defeat you right. so but yeah. she's also she's also doing it to punish them because i mean she turns around and tells steve martin introduces steve martin as a mute which is like come on yeah. right <laughs> so it's like oh we're getting more steve martin like physical comedy even though we're not actually getting to see it we right. know like he's getting set up again to have like really like they they set up the freddy character to always have some sort of like uh, disability, right? Like right. he's he's mentally handicapped when he's Ruprecht. He cannot use his legs when he's in the main plot, and now he's mute. So he always has right. something that he is like disabled and he is unable to do. Right. So, um, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, I, I thought like we talked a lot about uh, Steve Martin, and and I would love to get into maybe this is the time to do it. Like, I'm glad Av that you are a Steve Martin fan. I was I was worried you weren't because I think oh, Steve yeah. Martin is like the best yeah like he is he is the like uh slapstick comedy version of tom hanks for me yeah i mean there's a reason that he is the most recurring guest on saturday night live whether he's hosting or not i mean he is for you know 35 40 years has just been a phenomenal phenomenal talent willing to pretty much do anything and it's it shows he's he's great i mean top to bottom he he rarely misses um, so, so I, I'm just looking through the, the Steve Martin uh, letterboxed movies that mm. he's been in. Um, and there's a lot that I haven't logged, but it says that I have watched 12% of his movies, which there is no way that's right. I've definitely yeah. watched more than that. Um, are you guys prepared? And I can filibuster for a little bit while you do this. Uh, do you think you would be prepared for like a, if we did a top five Steve Martin movies, uh, if we went through our top five? Give you my top three immediately off the top of my head. All right, we could do top three. Av, how, are you prepared to do this or not? I have to see how many I've seen. I know I love the Father of the Bride movies. All right, so let me filibuster for a minute. Uh, Brendan, what do you think is on Letterboxd the most popular Steve Martin movie? Uh, it better be the Three Amigos. So you are never going to guess it. It is, it is related to Passover. That is your hint. 
And you probably Plane, don't know. Oh, planes, trains, and automobiles. No. It is The <laughs> Prince of Egypt is the most popular oh, Steve Martin movie. Oh, okay. of course. He's like a voice in that? Okay, fine. He That's must be. Awesome. And I, I'm assuming it's only Weird. popular because Passover's next week, I would guess. Um, or yeah, just because it's this... animated and animated movies, uh, you know, yeah. do well at that. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's like known yeah. to be particularly good. Uh, I remember seeing the theater. I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. I mean, I know he the story. plays a character named Hotep, who I can tell you is not a character in the Passover story. <laughs> right. And Letterbox says I've only watched twenty four percent of Steve Martin movies, and I don't oh, you've watched that twenty four. That's that's. I don't believe that me. either. Uh, let's but, see. So, um, so let's uh, let's go with our our just off the top of our head. Let's go. Let's go with our top five. Um, Brennan, yeah. you seem like you. What is your number five, Steve Martin? Um, my number five, because it's not really his movie, but he is one of the best parts of it, is probably Little Shop of Horrors, mm. where he's the dentist, because he has one of the best songs in the movie, which is You'll Be a Dentist. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, I do think, I do feel like one of the things I wanted to mention about Steve Martin is I feel like Steve Martin with dark hair looks mm-hmm. like Harrison Ford. Yeah, a little bit. I can yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not terrible. Yeah, it's not a terrible. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to do my number five, or do you want to do your number five? Um, I don't know if I even have five because um, I don't know if I've seen that many. I mean, I so like I've right. definitely seen like huge chunks of both The Jerk and Roxanne, like on Sunday afternoons, um, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I don't know if I've ever seen all of them in their entirety. So like, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's enough to rank them. Um, I you know the the two Father of the Bride movies are two of my favorite movies. I love them. They're both them. great. Yeah. Um, I loved Sergeant Bilko. I thought it was Sergeant Bilko is very good. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Bilko is uh, directed by the same guy as uh, as my cousin Vinny. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, that's really like the extent of where I'm able to like speak intelligently. Not to the extent I spoke intelligently about any of those movies, other than just saying that I like them. Um, uh, I don't. Like, I don't remember. Talk about maybe we maybe we don't have to rank. Maybe we just talk about like Steve Martin movies yeah. that people haven't seen. So I, I I would throw out My Blue Heaven. Uh, that was the next one I wanted to discuss too because uh, it's it's basically the comedy version of uh, what happens at the end of Goodfellas. Yes. When Ray Liotta's character goes into witness protection, he becomes the Steve Martin character you meet in My Blue Heaven. And his neighbor and is Rick Moranis. Yeah, and Rick Moranis is the FBI agent, and it's amazing. It's it's one it of sounds, the it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, the next ones that I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about these as a pair because it is Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn together. Okay. Uh, Brendan, do you know the, both of these? One uh, is one of them's the house sitter. House what's sitter. The other one called uh, Out of Towners. So Out of Towners. I don't know if are, I watched Out of Towners. Oh, so Out of Towners is it's actually a remake, and it's uh, okay. about a couple that is like a Midwest couple, and they end up in New York, and it is just about them. Like the big city is just too big for them, and all the trouble. Interesting. Um, house sitter is about a. I think he has a house, and she just like moves into it and like yeah. squats there. Is she is she conning him? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, she. Yeah, actually, I think okay. she is like a con person, and he's like the straight guy. In All right, guy. connection, connection. Yeah, yeah good connection. Uh, that might be a good one. Uh, Mixed Nuts is another one that I am a big fan of. Um, I never saw yeah. that either. Yeah, I haven't seen a, a lot of his movies. That's a that's about a suicide hotline on Christmas, uh, <laughs> it, but it's very funny. It it. it, it it's like a dark comedy, but it's yeah. got a great cast. Adam Sandler in one of his early roles. Mm. Um, and that is another good one. Um, uh, of course, Father the Bride, Father the Bride 2, uh, yep. Jerk, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Little Shop of Horrors, also great. Um, another one that I will point to is Bowfinger. Have you guys seen Bowfinger? Yes, I love Bowfinger. I have not. Really it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to come up later. Yeah, so Eddie uh, Murphy, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a show business movie. Eddie Murphy yeah. is the star of Bowfinger. Uh, three he also plays the uh, he plays the fake Jerry Jones in Billy Lynn's uh, yeah. ha- long half time walk. 
Oh, oh does he really? Oh, man. Yeah. I never saw that movie. Yeah, it's not good. The book is really good. The movie is not good. Yeah, my, my number one Steve Martin comedy, um, actually, it's, it's close because uh, Parenthood is an amazing freaking movie. And it's hard to call it a straight comedy because it's a comedy and a drama. But he's fantastic in it. And it, of course, spawned the much-beloved television show several years later. But Parenthood is a fantastic movie. But my hands-down favorite Steve Martin movie is Three Amigos. So, so Three Amigos, Chevy Chase, I think I've Mark seen Short part is, of. It's, it's fantastic. It's just they all three are, like, at the top of their game giving peak performances. It's, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. um, I, and I thought about Three Amigos watching this movie because I'm like, I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen that all the way through. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Part Two, I think, are, are are my like number one. I think he's just like so perfect in that role, and yeah. it's, it's like for romantic comedies, it's just like it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, great cast. Yeah, how uh, how weird was it for you guys to see um to see somebody like Ian McDermott in this movie? Oh, very very good like, point. Yes who's only known really as Emperor Palpatine in the Star Wars movies, speaking of beloved movies. I mean, like, it's, it was, was it weird for you guys? Or? Well, I knew he was in this, so okay. I was expecting Yeah, I didn't remember him. him being in it, so. Yeah. Um, and it, it was interesting to see him in, like, the butler role. Yeah. Um, and I actually wrote down, like, you know, I talked about how Steve Martin looks like Harrison Ford. Uh, I also felt like Ian McDermott looks like Mike White. If you if you're a Survivor fan, <laughs> very young, um, uh, yeah, yeah, young Ian Mike McDermott White. looks like Mike White to me. Yeah, if Michael White was like twenty years older, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Av, what did you think of Emperor Palpatine in the Butler role in this movie? Uh, he was much less intimidating here. <laughs> <laughs> he did have some good looks. He had some very good, uh, very good glances at Steve Martin that were very funny. Does he do? Is he in anything else? Like besides Star Wars and this, I mean, I'm sure he's in other stuff, but not other stuff we've probably seen or talked about. So. Looks like he's a, a stage actor mostly. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, I'm assuming he's in this because him and Frank Oz work together. On... Uh, yeah, I would assume so. They have a working relationship with Jenna. Yeah. Yeah, I would admit, I would assume so. Yeah. Even though they they didn't share the screen at all, though, like they probably no, never... but they but Frank Oz, you know, was the a producer and everything on those movies, I mean, you know. And then because of this movie, they had that uh, epic fight scene in Revenge. Oh, right, so, they did, yeah. that they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at his, uh, his uh, filmography now. He has like 18 film credits, and I think like mm-hmm. seven of them are Star Wars. Got it, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he's in, yeah, he's Makes in sense. Return of the Jedi, episode one, episode yeah. two, um, episode three. Right, what else he's, in the, he's in the re-release of The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> they put him in. Do we we haven't really talked about her? Do we want to talk about uh Glenn Headley as um the soap princess? Cause she I thought she was really good overall. Oh she's I mean, great. We, yeah, she's fantastic. I what did you guys think of her as a leading a leading lady? Uh she was yeah she was very good. She like she like kept you on her toes. Um I did not see coming that you know the twist that as I mentioned before. So that's you know definitely to her credit. She like you know played that kind of in between. Um I see that she used to be married to John Malkovich. So that oh, must wow. have been interesting. interesting. Yeah, I bet that was really interesting. Um you know, a lot of times on this podcast we talk about the that guy. Yeah. And she's like the that that gal. 
right? Like yeah, for when, sure. when she showed up in this movie, I was like, oh, she is, uh, you know, she is the one who's in like all of these 90s comedies. And I yeah. clicked on her profile on her IMDb to see what else she was in. Cause I was like, is that Tess from Dick Tracy? It is Tess. From it Dick is. Tracy. Yeah. She yeah. is also in Mr. Holland's Opus. She's the wife of Mr. Holland's Opus. And she's of course, in... a movie that we all talked about, Sergeant Bilko. She's yep. the girlfriend of Sergeant Bilko. And she's also in the X-Files movie. So yeah, oh, she yeah she's sure. all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but I always felt like she was in way more movies in the 90s than she actually was. Because other than that, like she's not in that much stuff. So um, she isn't getting even with dad. Did you guys ever see Oh, that? yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, she's she's a really great uh hey it's her. Oh for for the eighties and nineties. So, oh yeah. that sucks. Uh looks like she passed away in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Oh that's died. awful. So I mean, she doesn't know that. she doesn't know from coronavirus. Uh, oh yeah. man. Um she was also she, on it looks, it looks like, like she last... was on she was on a bunch of episodes of ER. Oh um, was she okay. Uh, she was in Don John, which so I, she I always wanted a... to see Don John with uh, I like Don John. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And so the she circle. had a solid button, yeah. Yeah, she was in the circle also, which uh, in the circle. She was in the night of. Was that oh, the? Oh yeah, so that would have been her last credit. Probably, I'm yeah. trying to remember who she who she was. But, uh, uh, I think she was one of the attorneys. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that makes sense. That makes uh, sense. The circle was one of. I guess the circle was after the night of. The circle was 2017. Uh, the circle was, sucked. Uh, that was one <laughs> of the only Tom Hanks movies I've never seen. Yeah, it's Man. terrible. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we haven't really talked about Michael Caine too much, also, but he's he's kind of the straight yeah. guy in this movie, right? He's not he's not too wacky. He's the one who's got his his finger on the pulse of everything until he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's he's really perfect. I, I yeah, I can't imagine anybody else in the role because he's really good at that smarmy British charm. He he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and that's that's really great. Yeah. You, know? uh, you want me to throw some Michael Caine trivia at you? Oh yeah, do it. I love All Michael right. Caine trivia. So Michael Caine, it's not really Michael Caine trivia. It's just a thing about Michael Caine and then it's trivia about other people. But Michael yeah. Caine is one of three actors in history who's been nominated for an Oscar in Ooh. five you- different decades. That's amazing. Really? So there are two others. He was nominated in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yep. and 2000s. Do you one, know- of them, one of them is the same five decades. Mm. The other one is earlier. Well, Michael Caine and Oscar noms, he missed picking up his Oscar because he was too busy Filming reshoots on Jaws for the Revenge in the Bahamas. <laughs> so smart. Is Marlon yeah. Brando one of the other ones who was nominated? He's, in the he's not. Oh, okay, I thought I had heard that. Uh, Paul Newman. Not Paul Newman. Yeah. Although this uh, this movie is very much trying to riff off this thing. Yeah. And this Mike, one is. Oh yeah. That's a good yeah. Point. Michael Caine was nominated for a Best Actor Golden Globe for this movie. So there yeah. you go. Um, anyways, yeah. So the two are uh, Jack Nicholson. Okay. okay. And sense. Sir Lawrence Olivier. Oh. He, his Sir was the uh, 30s through the 70s. Got it. I feel sense. like if I looked at Sir Lawrence Olivier's uh, letterbox, let me just do that right now. I bet I've seen <laughs> fewer than 5%. Oh, one. I would You've guess maybe I've seen, seen one Lawrence Olivier movie. Yeah, I don't even know if I've seen any. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Lawrence Olivier. Oh, he's in Rebecca. I, I saw Rebecca. They're remaking it this year. It's a Netflix. Oh, he's he's in Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. Oh, well, there you go. And Clash of the Titans. So I've seen two percent of Clash of the Titans. Oh, and I've seen Spartacus. I've seen Spartacus. Come on, Rebecca, Spartacus, Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, Clash of the Titans. Now I'm just naming movies. So maybe we should. You're just naming Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, Now I'm just naming Shakespeare. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of these. I'm going through this. 
Let's see. Let's so I see. actually watched uh, I watched a movie with Michael Caine recently. I watched uh, Interstellar, nope. and Michael Caine is in that movie. Um, his accent yes. has gotten a lot thicker as he's gotten older than it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's. I mean, he's just become basically like he only does works with Christopher Nolan now. Like he's right. done like his last six movies. He was. He's gonna be in Tenet, which is who the hell knows when that's coming out now at this Next point. Year, but probably yeah, it's supposed we'll to come see. out this summer. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful that like the by the summer this you know will be enough that they'll at least be able to release movies maybe they won't be full theaters but i think we'll probably be back on track somewhat by then so mm. we'll see yeah maybe hopefully right. uh so one of the questions i wrote down a couple questions in this movie which we've pretty much talked about the super glue scene i was very confused by uh so so freddie when he's he's partying all night with the sailors and Lawrence goes and, and sees him and he asks him for like the super glue remover because his super his hand is stuck to the door frame. Yeah. The guy's basically super glued his hand to the door as punishment for being a jerk. And oh, they they okay. yeah, it's um it's it's basically they don't want to do anything too mean to these guys in this movie because they want it to remain a slapstick comedy. So it's like to make it not a low it, it's basically trying to keep the stakes low stakes because you know you you keep thinking he's just going to get the crap kicked out of him and they sort of are trying to subvert that you know i see so yeah okay because i was very i I actually rewound that and rewatched that scene and i could not figure out the super glue thing i was so confused uh all right well uh one thing that you know i like to i like to bring up at the end of this is just like former connections now that we've watched what is this our 13th episode Mm -hmm. uh former connections to movies that we have talked about in the past did you guys write down i mean not only just my cousin Vinny, but other movies that we have talked about i wrote down a few connections i mean it's another it's another high stakes crime movie with involving True, jewels. more crime yeah uh, jewels. we've um, got a we've got a main character with white hair so that connects yeah. to collateral we have uh, i wrote down more scenes on trains i feel like we've Definitely had a lot of movies scenes on trains. Had scenes on trains and at, at the end of the movie the jackal reminded me quite a bit of Marissa Tomei's character Mona Lisa Vito from yeah, My Cousin Vinny. Because sure. she's like, like way sort of accent. Subverting expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Brendan, yeah. I know you had a couple connections just directly to My Cousin Vinny as well from this movie. I did? Yeah, you texted them to me earlier. <laughs> you said uh, not only the writer, but you said the con men, the fake names. Oh, yeah, just that there were a bunch of fake names between, um, you know, in My Cousin Vinny, uh, Vinny has to go by. Uh, Jerry Callow, Jerry Gallo, and, you know, in, there's, uh, you know, both Steve, everyone is using fake names in this movie, um, yeah. as far as aliases to run their cons. Alias so, is a show about a spy. Yeah. Alias is a show about a spy. Yes. That, that's all, that's all I was really talking about, and. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, any other good connections to, you know, we've watched so many movies now, um. But I think, uh, Av, did you have any other connections to movies that we've we've talked about on this podcast that this movie um, brought up? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd be curious if the the fifty thousand dollars that they're trying to steal, mm. uh, how that connects to set it off. I don't remember how much money they were trying to rob from the banks, but it was probably around fifty. I feel like it was probably like fifty thousand dollars. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars at one point. Two fifty? Because I feel like it was they like fifty thousand dollars. I feel like it was like fifty thousand. We're like, why are they going through all this work to steal ten thousand dollars a person? But maybe not. I don't know. Um. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about this movie, or should we get to our ratings for let's the movie? Yeah, let's get to the ratings. All right. Uh. So Jeremiah gave it a four and a half, as mm-hmm. we heard on his clip that we played. Um, Jeff's feedback on the movie. So Jeff is a big fan of this movie. 
he said uh, that he gives it a 4.0. It's a yeah. good movie. It still makes him laugh. The, he said he didn't like the ending. He said the ending is, isn't quite as good as the first time he saw it, uh, since you now know how it'll all play out, unless you're like Brendan and you forgot. He yep. said it dragged a little bit in the middle, but all in all, a good movie that he's seen 10 times and wouldn't turn it off if he was channel surfing. Yep. Uh, Jim Crumley, he said it was fine, but it didn't really grab him. Uh, he doesn't remember the plot that well, though, I guess, uh, the big twist. So maybe it was buried in his mind. Yeah, and Jim gave it a three. Um, I took that out of his feedback when I averaged him out for okay. the rating. So, yeah. uh, and then Olin Allen, uh, he thought the film was very watchable. That is a yep. good quality in a film, to be very watchable. Had a good flow. And not an all-time classic, but a well-made fun watch with a couple good moments of humor throughout. Probably the type of film you'd appreciate even more in these times. Yeah, and he also uh, gave it a three. Um, I think I think he's right on. I think everybody's fair, even in their high ratings and their low ratings. I, I do think this is a rewatchable movie. I think the parts that make you laugh are going to continue to make you laugh every time you watch it. Um, so I, I, I agree with all of our feedback that we got. In, you know. So uh, the listener, what you have written down, does that include Jeremiah's uh, That's feedback? the average. Yeah, that's the average. That that's includes the four and a half from Jeremiah? Correct. Okay. Yes. So the listeners gave it a three and a half stars. Brendan, what do you give it? I am going to go ahead and I feel like I enjoyed my rewatch of My Cousin Vinny more. And if I had to choose the two um, to rewatch immediately, I would choose My Cousin Vinny. And I gave that a 4.5 last week. But I still really love uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I still laugh at all the parts that I thought would make me laugh. I think I would continue to laugh every time I watch this movie. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. I like your idea of comparing it to last week's movie. Yeah. Um, I've never thought about like comparing the movie as far in terms as rating of rating goes, to the movie to... we watched last week. Um, so I gave My Cousin Vinny a four last week. Mm. And I preferred Dirty Rotten Scoundrels to My Cousin Vinny. I actually thought I laughed more during this movie than I did during last week's movie. Um, so it's close. But I guess if I have to give the edge to this movie over My Cousin Vinny, I would give it a four and a half which is higher than I thought I would give this movie, to be honest. I did not think I would rate this a four and a half, but probably more of like a 4.25. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go just like a, a tad below the listeners and give it a middle of the road 3.0. Um, as I said, the first like 30, 40 minutes of this movie, I thought were funny. I was engaged. And then as like the, the plot started to unfurl more, it started to lose some steam, I thought. Um, so yeah, 3.0, good, solid, fun. You know, I'd recommend it to most people. I think you'll have a good time with it, but not like a must see. I don't think. Right. Yeah. And that puts us, uh, at an average of us and the listeners at a 3.75. Um, so that rounds up to a four then? So let's round that up to a four. Well, I guess let's... let's round it to a 3.5. Cause I was more of a 4.25 than a 4.5. Okay. Yeah. Let's round so it that, down that to a 3.5. Unless anybody has any objections. Um, I do not. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting because, like, I would not put this as, like, 4.5, I feel like, is, like, top tier, like, you know, right. my top 200 movies or something like that. Right. And uh, I don't think this is in my top 200 movies. But I do I, – I did laugh more watching this than I did watching My Cousin Vinny. So and why. I think that's important, you know, especially, you know, as we were saying in these times, a movie that could give us a really good laugh, like parts of this movie did, it, like – can really mean more than anything else sometimes. I mean, this is this is a solid take your mind off of everything and just enjoy the ride movie. And I do think, like, one of the things Jeremiah pointed out, like, I, I really think, like, Jeremiah's review, like, 
captured a lot of this movie mm. for me. Uh, and he talked a lot about like just the setting and it, it like, I just think of like some of the beach scenes and uh, you know, like the, the parts of France and I don't know yeah. if we were in Spain or uh, Monaco and like, it, it just like getting some really cool parts of Europe that you expect to see in bond movies, but not in, uh, not in comedies like this. Yeah. Like this. It, does, it does a good job of uh, giving it, giving the movie a sense of timelessness, which I think helps it stand the test of time um, to a degree. Like, you know, I mean, I think that's why it could be remade or, you know, redone in so many different ways if it needed to be, because it's just, it's a very malleable, ageless movie. It could, it could be taking place in the nineties, the eighties, the seventies, the sixties, the fifties, or now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and and it it did take place now apparently. And it also took place in the sixties. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah. So again, the average for everybody was 3.5 above average. We, I think we would all recommend that if you see this, especially if starting tomorrow, it starts streaming somewhere for free. Check it out yeah. when you are stuck at home. So do we want to place a bet on which streaming service is snatching it up? Ooh, it's HBO, yeah. I like that. All right. HBO, Hulu, Amazon prime or Netflix. Yeah. Where, where do you think it's going to be starting tomorrow? Amazon prime. Yeah, I would agree with that. That yeah. this seems like I don't. I don't see <laughs> this up on Netflix. It seems like the perfect pride pride pickup. All right, I'll say Netflix just to be different. You would. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll find out. Maybe by the time this podcast is posted, this will be streaming somewhere <laughs> else. Uh, all right, let's move on to our movie ladder discussions. Of course, we just talked about. Uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, not my cousin Vinny. Uh, we talked about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And uh, from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, we are going to connect to a movie that we are going to watch next week. Once we do pick that movie, you are welcome to submit your suggestions for the next movie that we watch. Uh, you can do that on Twitter at Ladder Movie or email us themovieladder at gmail.com. And as a reminder, all the movies that we discuss here in the latter suggestions will be added to our ever-growing letterbox watch list. The way this process will work, you'll read through all the listener suggestions. Each of us hosts will have brought a couple movies to the table. And then we will each pick, each of the three hosts will each pick one movie apiece, which will move on to our final three. And from the final three, we will pick our champion, which will move on as next week's movie ladder discussion movie. Uh, I know last week we did talk about, uh, I've mentioned, he said, you know, we, we do this kind of boring process, which I don't find it boring, where we pick our final three and then the three of us discuss a movie between those three to be our latter movie next week. And uh, I've said, if any listeners have ideas for better ways to pick our next latter movie, email us and let us know what it is. Uh, Brendan, did anybody email in and give us a better uh, Yeah, so our buddy Jim Crumley wrote in with an idea. Um, at first he said what we could do is just make some kind of wheel and we just oh. put all the movies on a wheel. I don't think that would work a... on a podcast. I don't no, like no, no. I mean, what, what is this, Wheel of Fortune? Come on. Yeah. Make, well, I don't know. Uh, but he also said, seriously, what we could do is put all of the movies into some kind of randomizer um either the three that we want to choose from or all of the um connections into a randomizer one week and whatever the randomizer spits out we could be forced to watch that movie interesting and i, I think, think that could a, work as a like you know like crack the glass uh right. turn the key when we really can't we really, decide I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think because like so far, like yes, it, it it is maybe to some people like a boring way to pick, but like we've we've actually been in alignment usually every week where we're like, oh yeah, that right. one 
Thrones is like the next movie to watch. I agree. Yeah, I, I do. I like it as a standby, crack the glass if we really can't figure out what to watch, way to resolve it, like we almost had a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, for now, I don't think we necessarily need to change the way we're doing it. But I like Jim's idea as a standby or backup. Yeah. I think another way to do it too, like, would be like a Twitter poll, but I just don't mm. know if the podcast has enough Twitter followers that like one vote right. might really sway a Twitter poll. That's so, a good point. Yeah. But then, and then you're also leaving the listeners hanging until the Twitter poll. That's like, true. How would we, how would we decide that before the episode comes out? Well, Twitter polls only last 24 hours. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah. then we're spoiling the podcast before it comes out. If we're posting Twitter poll. Yeah, yeah it happens. Yeah. But anyway. Um, All right. Yes, and we want to get on to the actual connections. Let's get into our actual connections. So we do have connections from some loyal listeners. Each of us brought some connections as well. Uh, Brennan, go ahead and kick us off with some connections. Yeah, so uh, Jeremiah, who we heard from earlier, uh, suggests What About Bob, uh, directed by Frank Oz. I love what, about what About Bob? Bob. What, what about, about Bob? What About Bob? Not great, Bob. <laughs> oh, not great, Bob, yes. <laughs> That's great, Bob. I've, I don't think I've actually seen that episode of Mad Men, but I, I do love yeah. that meme. I, I do love What About Bob? It's a really funny comedy. Uh, Jeff writes in and says, if you guys didn't notice, there was a instrumental of putting on the Ritz during the um, during the uh, Pretty Woman scene. So, yes. of course, Jeff suggests Young Frankenstein ah. because of the putting on the Ritz scene or Frankenstein. Yes. Uh, Olin also wrote in to suggest Young Frankenstein. So I'll uh, Olin is stepping on Jeff's toes here. Yeah, I know, right? Oh man, coming uh, for his wig. I'm very proud of Jeff. He is in uh, like a month. He has made it through like three seasons of the Seinfeld podcast. He's <laughs> he's working his way, and I think he's watching each episode and then listening to each podcast. Wow, good job, Jeff. He might be the biggest Akiva stand there. I is. think I did that. I remember doing that with the Seinfeld podcast myself. So yeah, yeah, I did. I, did, I caught up in a very quick way. It was crazy. Yeah, it, was pretty quick. it was like all I yeah. was doing for like a month was watching and <laughs> it, the, the, the watching the show isn't the problem. It's the two hour episode for right. each episode. <laughs> of the show uh my favorite was that when like he's first started listening i was like oh have you like have you like heard any emails from chester yet and he's like oh not that i've really noticed but i'll keep an eye out and then like right. three days later he's like oh this chester guy is crazy i was like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep that, that yep. is I'm like fun fact his first name is not chester actually right so uh anyway <laughs> let's get back to the connections so um jim crumley again writes in to say uh his connection to this week is a movie starring John Cusack that I've never heard of on 1990 comedy called The Grifters. Um, I, I'm glad he had this on his list. I have never heard of this movie, never seen Damn, it. Never Apparently it. there are both con men and con women. And so I, I've never seen it. Uh, I received this movie on DVD as a gift from ex-girlfriend when I was in college. <laughs> and I never watched it. It stayed in the DVD wrapping until I think I either sold it or gave it away. Uh, so Funny. that's going to suck if I have to watch it next week because I'm going to have to pay for it. Uh, but I actually yeah. did have the grifters written down as one of my connections, so I can take that off my list. Oh, there you go. Uh, and then uh, getting back to Owen, he did have two other connections aside from Young Frankenstein. Uh, he recommends the John Landis film Trading Places due to uh, both of them pulling a grift, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, uh, along with Jamie Lee Curtis. So it is another trio of oh, that's grifters. Good. And three, yeah. they are also, um, it's also a class struggle as there's a class struggle in this movie between uh, Freddie and um, 
Lawrence. Uh, Michael Caine. Yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence. And then speaking of um, the dynamic between Freddie and Lawrence, it reminded Olin of the dynamic between the two main characters and their protege uh, in My Fair Lady, uh, starring Rex Harrison, Audrey Hepburn. Um, it revolves around a bet about who can uh, basically woo and class up this young flower shop girl into being a lady about town. Ooh. So, yeah, it's my, if you've never seen My Fair Lady, I highly recommend it. It's really good. I know nothing about My Fair Lady. To it's really good. Audrey Hepburn's fantastic. Um, Rex is Harrison musical? is really good. Yeah, it's a musical. Oscar winner, I believe, right? It would be loverly if you want. Was it a movie before it was a stage performance, or it was a stage play called Pygmalion before it was turned into a movie musical? Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's fun. Uh, those were our Sorry. listener suggestions. Uh, all right, let's get into our host suggestions. Ah, if you're written first on this list, so you get to go yep. first. So my first one is. Um, Another Frank Oz movie that I've wanted to see and just never gotten around to, um, and that is The Stepford Wives. Is that the original, or is this the one that came out a few years ago? Because they remade it, I think. The one that came out in the 90s, right, with Matthew Broderick? Yeah, I think that's the one I'm talking about. Is there only one? Didn't they make it in the 2000s also, or not? Let's find out. I didn't know there was another one, so I think this is 2004. Oh yeah, so this is the one I'm thinking of. I thought that I thought this was a remake of. Uh, it's a remake of a movie from the '60s, I believe. Oh yeah, 1975. There's another yeah, one. There yeah, there you go. Oh this, no, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, hey, that would there, actually there, make sense for this because yes, it's a there was a 19. Yeah. There's a 1975 written by William Goldman. So yes, that's yeah. like the. Uh, oh, so probably the right one to see then is the 1975 one. So this is probably not a good choice. Or uh, this one because it's a remake. Like, wow, this, I've like, never looked at the Scott I've never looked at the movies Frank Oz has directed, but his filmography yeah. is great. Yeah, he yeah, has a lot of good is. stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I didn't do my uh, my research properly on this one. So I do you want we the remake or the original written down? Uh, well, the 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 remake isn't really a good connection because it doesn't have anything to do with with uh, <laughs> Dirty Oz. Rotten Scoundrels. But yeah, sure, but it's, it's, it's a remake of a movie. That- all right, I guess we can leave it for now. But. I mean, well, the remake is the one that was directed by Frank Oz. The remake is the one that was directed by Frank Oz, but I'm guessing that the original is the right one to watch if you've never seen either one. Uh, eh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's put all that right. to the side for now. Let's see if Yeah, you let's know. put it aside. Well, We're I not going to pick uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you never know. You never know. Um, as mentioned before, my, uh, my second pick is another Frank Oz-Steve Martin collaboration, another movie Ooh. I haven't seen, Bowfinger. Oh, so I'd be oh, happy man. to watch that if uh, yeah if it goes that way. Is the next then... one the Indian in the cupboard? <laughs> <laughs> and Did then... I step on your choice? <laughs> no, no, not not at all. <laughs> um, and then the third is a movie that I've I think it has come up uh, a movie that we've talked about. It's it's a movie that I did not really like that much when I saw it, but I'd be open to see it again. Uh, I feel the this way about a lot of this director's movies that a lot of people love a lot more than me. Um, it's a movie where Michael Caine appears in a film about a rivalry between two oh, conmen or tricksters. Yep. Oh, man. Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. Oh, it's nice. on my list. Oh, it's also got a twist at the end, just like this movie. Yeah. So those are uh, my three. The Prestige, uh, nice. The Stepford Wives, kind of, which I didn't uh, do my due diligence <laughs> on. Bowfinger. Um, and Bowfinger. Oh, nice. you, know what, you know what's nice is, like, I used to be like, oh, cool. Like, I also am suggesting the same movies. Now, since I always come with, like, 10 movies on my list, it's really nice when somebody recommends one that was already on my list. I'm like, sweet, I can take that one off. 
Uh, anyways. Well, speaking of a trio of grifters, we have a couple of movies that uh, have trios of people pu- pulling some sort of con. Uh, I wanted to bring up a film that's one of my favorite ones from the 90s, and that's the Mel Gibson, James Garner, Jodie Foster, 1994 movie Maverick. Which What's is, the connection to Maverick? It's a trio of grifters, and this time it's poker. They're oh, trying to run a poker scam, and it's a Western. I hear really people fun. are really into poker these days. Yeah, people like are Online really poker, poker is really big. Uh, and then I also, because the um, super grifters nickname in this movie is The Jackal, I chose the 1973 film The Day of the Jackal. Interesting. And I also wanted to go with one Frank Oz movie that I know I haven't seen since I was a little kid. And I was going back and forth between this and the Dark Circle, or Dark Crystal, not Dark Circle, Dark Crystal. And I eventually decided that I really wanted to rewatch the original Muppet movie from 1979. So the Muppet movie is my third movie. You could have picked the Muppet Christmas Carol. It has Michael Caine in it. That's also a good point, but... I, I didn't actually see that on Frank Oz's filmography. So I, yeah, yeah, I don't think Frank Oz actually directed yeah. that. I was just Also, Frank Oz, I'm looking at this picture of him, and he does not look anything like what I was expecting. <laughs> I thought he was going to be short and green, and he is not. He's, he's just bald and white. What? He's a normal man? Yeah, he's a what? human. He's a human? <laughs> yeah. What's happening here? I know, it's crazy. All right, Brooks, what you got? All right. Uh, so my list is uh, grown and shrunk during this podcast, oh, no. as is normal. Um, so... I cannot believe this movie has not been brought up, so I have to suggest it. With Frank Oz and Ian McDermott in this movie, somebody has to throw out Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was trying to Oz avoid is... Star Wars. I could just... But I mean, like, it'd be fun to talk about Return of the yeah, Jedi. Yeah, it would. It really would. It would. It would. It would. Um, this is not one I'm going to suggest, but I think it's one that's going to come up on Brendan's ladder, his personal ladder, and that is Brothers Bloom. It is about con men. Uh, it, I highly recommend Brothers Bloom. It is not going to be the one yeah. I'm suggesting. Uh, I know Brendan is close to being able to watch that soon. Yeah, it's. I, it's, I really, it's, yeah. it's. Uh, Av, have you seen Brothers Bloom? No. It's. Uh, what is his name? He did uh, Star Wars Episode Eight. What, what the hell's his name? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Yes, it is his first. I think it's his first movie. First uh, major movie. Brick was yeah. his first movie. Brick. Uh, yeah. Brick, Brick was Brick his won first. Golden Brick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brick was yeah. his first. So then Brothers Bloom is his follow up to Brick, and it has uh, Mark Ruffalo in it. And it's about two brothers that are con men. Um, I watched it last year. It is awesome. I, I, as soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, man, this is like going to be Brendan's new favorite movie. And I've been pushing him for months to watch it. I know, I know. And I, I now see the path to watching it. So. Oh, and you added it as my answer. All right, fine. Brothers Bloom. Brothers Bloom is one of my suggestions. Uh, and now I have three movies left. Uh, and I am going to also suggest The Jackal, which is the remake of oh. The Jackal. Uh, it is a more modern movie. It is about a terrorist named The Jackal. Stars Bruce Willis and I know Jack Jackson Black, Black, yeah. uh, and Richard Gere, which yeah. Richard Gere would be a nice tie because there was the pretty woman of it all of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really liked Brothers Bloom. I wouldn't mind if I had to watch that. You could take it off if you want. I'm no, 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 no. If there's something also, you want on, on there. No, I also had The Hustle and House Sitter that I had uh, talking yeah, about yeah. for this movie. Or, but uh, I would recommend everybody watch House Sitter. It's also directed by Frank Oz. It's really I did enjoy House Sitter, if I recall, but it's um, been a long time. And yeah, we don't need to watch The Hustle because, as I've said, that has like a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So, we're, we're, uh, yeah. All right, let's go through them. Uh, we've talked about a lot of movies. Let's go through all the movies that have been suggested. Then we will pick our final three. So we have What About Bob? 
Young Frankenstein, The Grifters, Trading Places, My Fair Lady, The Stepford Wives, Bowfinger, The Prestige, The Muppet Movie, Day of the Jackal, Maverick, Return of the Jedi, Brothers Bloom, and The Jackal. So each of us is going to pick one movie of those. It cannot be one that we've already suggested to move on to our final three. And I guess it is my turn since I... Yep, you go first. Yep. All right. So I'm really stuck because there's a movie I've never seen before that I think would be fun to watch right now and we need some uplifting movies. Mm -hmm. And there's a movie that I have as like one of my top 10 movies of the last, least of like the last 20 years, if not of all time. Right. That would be The Prestige. The one I've never seen before is My Fair Lady. And let's go with My Fair Lady because I don't know anything about it and I think a musical would be nice right now. It is really tough to not pick The Prestige, I'm just going to say. Interesting choice. I was thinking about The Prestige myself because I knew you probably would want to watch it. I love The Prestige. Um, I'm not I know you do. I know you do. But you picking My Fair Lady makes me not want to pick The Prestige so we can watch My Fair Lady. I'm just, I'm just going to chime in and, and say that I just looked up the My Fair Lady and it's two hours and 52 minutes and I have nothing further. Oh, it's two hours and <laughs> two minutes? Yeah, okay. All right, I, I will pick The Prestige. Do it. <laughs> Although the, I feel The Prestige is probably 220. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see My Fair Lady at some point in my life. I'm sure I will. You, you definitely get should. To it. You definitely uh, but a uh, three-hour musical, like, you know. I think yeah, they might. Well, I think, uh, I think iTunes might throw us hours. off their podcast. Uh, so The Prestige yeah. is only 210. So, and mo- most musicals are three to three and a half hours. So, you know, maybe. Yeah. All right. I, I would <laughs> like to watch. I actually, I would like to watch like Singing in the Rain. You could say, you yeah. can stick with it. I was just throwing no, in some info. I also don't really, I just watched a three hour movie the other day. <laughs> uh, I don't really, I mean, those Fair are enough. long. It's, it's a long time. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll go with the prestige. Cool. Thanks. Thank you all for that data. Very good. <laughs> So it's all about flattening that curve. Yeah, exactly. So I'm that's gonna, the opposite of flattening the curve. Isn't yeah, flattening the curve we want to extend the length of things? Um, I don't know. Right. Whatever it is. I thought it sounded right. <laughs> Something like that. It sounded good in my head. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the one movie in this entire list I've never even heard of. And I'm going to say maybe we should watch The Grifters since none of us know what it is. I know what it is. I, I mean, just never, I just we, never unwrapped the DVD. <laughs> right, but do we, do we even know if it's good? I have no idea, and I'm not looking it up. Yeah, John Cusack. Yeah, I like John Cusack. John Cusack, Angelica Houston, Annette Bening. Produced guess, by Martin Scorsese, which doesn't Ooh. mean anything. Yeah. He was also directing Goodfellas at that time. So. Um, it has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, so oh, that's good. it might be good enough. Um, just can't yeah. believe I've never heard of this movie. Angelica Houston was nominated for a Golden Globe. I feel like oh. The Grifters was like a, a classic uh, three for 25 DVD at Best Buy where you're like, all right, I have two. Crazy. I need the third one so I can get this deal. Yeah. You see The Grifters, Mick. I've never heard of that. I'm not going to pick Man, that that's one. quite that deal at Blockbuster was quite the grift, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of Grifters, I can't believe I have not brought up uh, James Sawyer Ford at all in this podcast. Oh, yes. I was trying to avoid any TV stuff because I would just recommend every TV show. I was going to say, yeah, I re- yeah, I recommend every Sawyer every, flashback on yeah. Lost. I recommend every Lost episode and every Better Call Saul episode if oh, you want to grift. Oh, God. <laughs> don't, don't start the Better Call Saul thing again. <laughs> that, are, that was already a big argument earlier today. Right, 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 right. All right, Op, what's your pick? 
Um, I'll, I'll recommend, I'll, I'll go with the one that you recommended as strongly as I've heard you recommend anything on this podcast. So let's throw the brothers bloom into the hopper. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Two movies I've seen, two movies I really like one movie I've never seen. Right. Um, if we, if we chose the brothers bloom, that would mean I just need to watch dark water like now so that I can keep, so that I can use it for both movie ladders. I mean, we haven't had a crossover event. Uh, let's just see. Yeah. Let's look at some streaming. So the Brothers Bloom, the Prestige, and the Grifters. Don't believe it's streaming. Yeah, I don't think any of them are, unfortunately. Oh, at this, the Brothers Bloom, it says it's on YouTube for free. I don't know what the hell that means. Oh, it does yeah, I think YouTube it's YouTube TV, which you need a subscription for. No, it says free. No, it says YouTube. Oh, I, yeah. Crazy. Huh. Yeah. Look, All right, it looks like you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, Is Grifters even available anywhere? Streaming? I mean, this looks um, legit. Uh, yeah, I think I think the, the YouTube will work for Brothers Bloom. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Grifters is, is you got to pay three ninety nine. Yeah. And the and Prestige is on Pres- Hulu. Yeah, but you never know with Hulu if it's really on right. Hulu or if it's just like you need an add on. So. Well, I guess I guess I'm finally gonna be able to make Brendan watch the Brothers Bloom. I think we're doing it. I think we're doing it. It's Ruffalo so, time. Uh, the Brothers Bloom is, is like a yeah. It, it's about two brothers. They're Grifters. Uh, Ruffalo and, I love and Ryan Johnson. Uh, and Adrian Brody are the two stars of that movie. And um, yeah, it's a Ryan Johnson. So maybe we can get another Star, Johnson, Wars, right? another Star Wars recommended next week. Um, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I haven't seen the Brothers Bloom, so let's roll. All right. Uh, yeah, and if we need a guest for the Brothers Bloom, we can ask uh, Mike Bloom. Yeah, we might be able to get Mike Bloom. Yeah. Oh, and, and maybe we could get his brother to come on as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he has a brother. I think he's an only child. Well, he'll have to find one for purposes. Of the <laughs> yeah, he'll have to find Yeah. Maybe his, maybe his maybe son. Maybe we get Angela. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that, I, uh, our pick is The Brothers Bloom. And somehow that is streaming on YouTube right yeah. now. Uh, so you can find, very easily, you can find The Brothers Bloom. Uh, you don't yep. have to go out of the house or anything like that. The connection to The Brothers Bloom is that it is about some grifters, A some con men. Yeah. Um, and... What else do we have to talk about? Uh, I think that is everything on this podcast. I think we just have to give our outro. Um, as always, if you do have a connection from the Brothers Bloom, it is directed by Ryan Johnson. It stars uh, Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo. So you might have lots of ways that you can connect that to other movies. You can send that in to us at Ladder Movie on Letterboxd and Twitter, themovieladder at gmail.com over email. And we will be back next week to talk about that movie. Uh, guys, where can we find you? Av, I know you are a busy, busy man with podcasts and life things. What are you doing about the podcast front? Um, so I'm still moving. Uh, we're rolling right along towards the end of season one of Curb Your Enthusiasm on Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. That's the podcast I do together with Alex Chester. It's a weekly Curb Your Enthusiasm rewatch podcast. Uh, the next episode that should be heading into your earwaves is Affirmative Action. Um, sounds great. Yeah, it's <laughs> doesn't uh, sound like a touchy subject at all. Oh boy. Yeah, it's uh, you know, watch the episode, you'll see. I hope um, that Larry David is writing some curb episodes based on social distancing. Yeah, I hope so because this is you know, he 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 put out a, a tweet, yeah, I think earlier today or something. I don't not a tweet, probably. I don't know why I said that, but some message <laughs> that basically just encouraged people, guys, this isn't so hard, just stay home and watch TV. This is what I'm doing anyway. Yeah, it really is. It really, you know, unless you have responsibilities or kids, it's pretty easy. So, 
Yeah. Um, and then on There Will Be Pod, we have a lot going on. The We've completed the four regions of our sports movie, 64 movie bracket. And we now have 16 movies left. And we will be releasing that sometime next week. We have two pretty high profile guests coming on for that to uh, determine nice. the final 16 and ultimately the final four and the number one sports movie of all time. Uh, we also will be hopefully releasing the next week or 10 days um, our first m- real movie or, you know, just regular movie pod- podcast episode since our best of 2019 episode. We've kind of been laying low for the first few months since there's not a lot of good movies released and we were really focusing on the sports movies. But despite the lack of movies being released in theaters, we uh, we're going to do kind of like a catch up on the first few months of the year with uh, a feature on a couple movies that we're still determining. So look out for that as well. Onward and the platform both are going to be streaming by the right. end of the week. Well, the platform is on Netflix. Platform's already on. But Netflix. onward, oh, yeah, yeah, but onward yeah. at the end of the week will be streaming. Yeah, there onward. Yeah, onward. I've seen already. Um, the hunt. I've seen already. We're not going to talk about the hunt. Um, <laughs> the platform. I, I did watch up. the hunt this week, and I didn't bring it up. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very strange movie. There's, I, mm-hmm. I mean, the main takeaway is like all the like people who like freaked out as like this was like some like anti red state thing. Just like yeah, obviously, you know, much. wait till the movie comes out because yeah. it's very clear that the people that are hunting other human beings are the bad guys in the movie. Shocker! Uh, Shocker! If only that was our biggest problem. Right. Yeah, the hunt. Uh, <laughs> All right, Brendan, what are you doing these days? Yeah, my usual stuff. Uh, find me on Twitter at FitzyBrendan on Letterboxd at BrendFitz11. Uh, still doing all the social media for at Push of Recaps. Still having a lot of fun with that. I'm uh, enjoying your trivia nights over at RHAP. Those have been really fun. Excited to do more. Um, that's all I really got. I don't really have much. Post show recaps has a lot going on these days. You're going to be busy those, those Twitter fingers. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually, um, speaking of movies about to launch a Marvel movie rewatch on post show recaps. So oh, if awesome. you love superhero movies, tune into post show recaps. Um, and they, we will be going in order from the first movie to the last starting who's, this week. Who's going to be doing that? Uh, that's going to be Josh Wiggler and Kevin Mahadeo are, uh, Post-show recaps, uh, superhero. Kevin knows like everything about Marvel. Kevin is like the most knowledgeable uh, person. Yeah, Kevin is a former um, entertainment reporter working the superhero scene as well as a uh, comic book writer. He he knows a lot. He's a very smart guy. And he and Josh have been friends for a really long time. And uh, they used to do a weekly podcast about all the Marvel Netflix TV shows. And they're going to transition that dynamic into doing a full rewatch of the MCU. So it's going to be really cool. fun. Works out. I, uh, your your I, move, binge mode. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, they said they're they're about to do something. I don't know. What, they said what they're, they're assembling something. So they're definitely. Oh, they said assembly. Well. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even so see that. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if, if uh, I feel torn because I, like, I literally just did an MCU rewatch like right. a year ago. So like I really do not need to watch all those movies again. I'll probably just pick my spots with this. I'm I, definitely I, not watching those. I'm just going to listen to the podcast. Yeah. I, I, mean, I what, just watched all those movies last yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when it gets to like yeah, the really sure. good ones, like in, this, in like, yeah. the back half, maybe like, I, I mean, start. I'm definitely rewatching Ragnarok for like the 500th time. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> what do you think of Iron Man 3? Iron Man 3 is like okay. Um, Just okay. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I, I I has a great twist. Um mm. the what's his name? The uh... Yeah, don't spoil the twist. Jackals in it. No, but like the, char- the the character. I'm I'm just saying you know, who, <laughs> know. The, who the main villain is. He's very good. Yeah. The Mandarin. Yeah, the Mandarin is very good. Is a very good villain. Yeah, he is. Um 
it's okay. Um, I thought it was amazing when they brought back that kid for in Endgame, and like yeah. no one knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Uh, I, I feel like people because people hate on Iron Man three, and I always say it's because they like confuse it with Iron Man two, which wasn't good, and they were just yeah. like sick of superhero movies. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, Marvel like just really like they they it looked like they were starting to run the gas, and then like mm-hmm. the, they ran off like one of the most incredible like ten movie stretches yeah, I've ever seen. I'm like so I, I I was like not at all excited for Black Widow, and I'm like dying for them to just release Black Widow on on Disney Plus. Oh but yeah, I'll watch it immediately. I'll watch yeah. it immediately. You're like yeah. put it out. They are not releasing that on Disney Plus. They're saying release the Black Widow, you yeah. cowards. There is yeah. a zero percent chance of yeah. it being released anywhere other than a movie theater. Yeah, but the Marvel TV show are probably dead in the water at this point right at least they'll just get as... they'll just get moved everything everything that was scheduled for next year is getting moved to the following year like well, mission the, impossible is 22 now. do we know if the marvel shows are like dependent on like black widow coming out at a certain time probably i, right? I would assume so i, would I think so, so yeah. yeah this yeah. stuff is so meticulously planned i think everything's just gonna get yeah. pushed yeah on the other hand they might just say you know this might be the best time to release stuff and like whatever right. we'll, you know we'll figure out the continuity some other I time mean, it, but it really more depends on what they're done with as far as effects go you know like well they can effects. do that stuff they can do effects remotely it's but the, a lot of it they can't like if nah, you no know. they can they can do it remotely. they have technology uh yeah i think it'll, it'll be interesting right now we're like we we still have content coming out i think mm. like if this uh, quarantine self-isolation goes a lot longer than we're going to be like, well, I guess I'm watching Survivor Maryland. So, right. <laughs> which is supposed to be good, but I'm, I'm holding off on watching Survivor Maryland for a little bit. Right. That's uh, all right. And uh, we, this is the most banter we've ever had. Oh my God. Let's, let's, let's wrap it uh, up kids. Yeah. You can, you can find me at Brooks ZA on uh, Twitter, letterboxd, Instagram, untapped, all that fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to, for the third week in a row, tease that there may be a Bond podcast coming out. Uh, Mac wants to actually record it right after this. We'll see if I have any steam left. Probably not. Um, I well, also, as, as, uh, as Brendan alluded to, I am now the Monday night trivia host for Rob Has a Podcast patron. So if you're a Rob Has a Podcast fan and you are not a patron, you should join his Patreon. You'll get access to that every Monday night. I am hosting trivia over there. It's a lot of fun uh, banter, just like this podcast. Yeah. Um, and my brother and I keep talking about doing different podcasts. He watched They Live last week, and he's like, "We should podcast <laughs> about this." And then I sent him an idea for a podcast, and he didn't respond. So <laughs> that didn't—that's that funny. That didn't happen, but uh, maybe sometime soon. Yeah, I set up a really <laughs> good format for the day for the They Live podcast. I said we should do a part before i watch it and you tell me five reasons i should watch they live then we'll pause i'll go watch that movie and then we'll recap it and then he never responded so we didn't do the podcast All right. well well with that zach may i go to the bathroom please oh yeah i guess <laughs> that's how we're gonna end every podcast Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> all right, this is probably the longest episode of Movie Ladder that we've had. Uh, and uh, this is the one that I've said, hey, can we wrap this one up by like nine something? Uh, so next week, later. we're watching The Brothers Bloom. Yeah, you can find The Brothers Bloom on YouTube. The connection is that it's about con men. And we will be back next week to talk about The Brothers Bloom. I cannot wait. I love that movie. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. We will see you next week. All right, take care of yourselves, everybody. Yeah, stay Good safe. Good night, everyone. How'd you find me? It's actually pretty simple. We're brothers. And I've come to the conclusion that you don't want out. You think you do, but you don't. Where are we going? New Jersey. Let me grab my coat. This will be the last one. I'll never ask you to do another con again.
The largest private residence on the eastern seaboard, home of our final mark. Penelope Stamp lived at home her whole life. So what kind of stuff do you do? I collect hobbies. Adventure story. Well, I told 